everybody, and welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're talking about As the Crow Flies, Season 1, Episode 4, where we learn that Asla just absolutely deserves destruction and is probably not going to get it, and it's very frustrating, and Sophia's going to die if she doesn't talk about what happened in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I am drinking coffee because it's in the morning here. Does anybody have tea? We have a two episode streak right now. It's been broken, I think. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with no further ado, <laughs> we will get into what happened in this episode. Okay, so first of all, we have another uh, Asla wakes up in the morning scene, but this time Bush Bush is with her. Uh, Yusuf is his name? Yeah. Yeah. Yusuf is over. This is just like what an unholy alliance here. So disgusting. Bad. <laughs> Wait, but I have a question. Did you catch it immediately that it was him? I didn't catch it. I like had to. I did. Yeah, oh, I yeah, I did because she literally hasn't been like friendly with any other human being so he looks really familiar though i'm wondering if he's been in one of our shows or he he's just not like he's um, not been in one of our shows he's been in other shows but i don't think anything we've watched okay um he, he looks like he could be an immortal on the protector you <laughs> like he also looks like he could be in love 101 he could be like yes a he does yes Especially since he wears his shirt like untucked at work, which bothers me. I'm like, it's terrible. <laughs> if you're gonna wear a tie, tuck it in. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh so then we switch to Kenan, who I guess lives on a houseboat, which is like the most Kenan thing I've ever seen in my life. But is it a houseboat? Are... I just thought it was a nice apartment. I didn't know it was a house it's a houseboat. Well, in this scene, he's standing on a boat. Oh, drinking coffee. I think it's like a yacht. I don't think it's a houseboat. Okay, it's just a a yacht, I guess, that he goes on. A yacht. Yeah. Okay, fine. (laughs) I just feel like him living on a houseboat is like so would be so classic. But okay. (laughs) Basically, they're getting in this very important news story, and this informant is going to give it to them in the form of a USB that they have to go meet him and get the USB. So. They're going to make Ozge do this, who is uh, Lale's secretary, or sorry, assistant. And Muge is super hungover. That's <laughs> a plot point. Not sure why. Ozge <laughs> uh, is like obsessed with her wedding and wanted the day off, but is being made to pick up this computer uh, USB drive, whatever, uh, instead of having her day off. And then she can have her day off. So she's already kind of like frustrated. Asla is getting Uzge's job for the day as Lali's assistant and is basically like, oh, I could never take your job. But of course, she's going to try. all she wants. Yeah. <laughs> Asla actually gives um, Bush Bush her keys, which I was shocked by. And is like, yeah, you can go home before me. Yeah. So she's really letting him in here. It's risky. Uh, Asla gives Muge an eye patch. <laughs> like, a, um, like a cooling gel bag reduction kind of deal. And 
In- but it's important to note that she tells her to go to the bathroom to get it. It's not like handing it to her. Right. And this is all for, you know, for her, for plot reasons, meaning Asla's plot too. Right, right, right. Yeah. So she tells Ruge to go to the bathroom to get this eye patch that some other dude <laughs> gave her, not her. Then Osuke is like stuck waiting in Muga's office and she's like freaking out. She's like so frustrated. I totally get this. I felt for her. And she's like, fuck it. I'm just going to leave the USB on her mm. desk. I need to go. Which... My, my whole, the whole time though, I was like, there's other senior level people in this building. Like go to Kenan, go to, even go to, uh, uh, what's her name? The lady at the very top. Good. Uh, like I know like they're intimidating but at least like leave it with their secretaries or something like what the hell girl anyway that's my what the fuck that I've already said <laughs> you couldn't hold it in any longer I couldn't <laughs> uh yeah I yeah we will discuss she made some mistakes but I understand being really frustrated just being like fuck it yeah yeah okay Lale and Asla have like their day as assistant and boss and Asla just seems like absolutely on like over the moon about it um yeah she they hang out with her kids they go to lunch Asla gets to pretend that she's like part of this family I think it's very weird and creepy and I don't want her near them and then they go to Lale's house where Asla leaves Kenan's bracelet on the table and then also tells uh, Lale's husband, uh, Selim, that basically, oh, Lale and Kenan are always together. They're so close. You definitely should be worried. Not in so many words, but she says it. And it's so frustrating. Uh, Then um lala gets back to work there's chaos because obviously the usb is missing because obviously asla took it and then the narrator conveniently explains that pursuing a lion's appreciation doesn't do anything they'll still eat the bird so under this narration asla dumps the usb into lala's light roast coffee and uh (laughs) that's the end of the news story i guess um we, we like never know what the story is it could nope. be literally so important for like the country but nope. she doesn't give a shit she doesn't give a shit oh my god then asla realizes that there's cctv footage which i feel like she should have realized she not she yeah say it. yeah and so she finds out that there's cctv footage and then she asks bush bush to delete it for her which puts her in his debt, which we will have to discuss. Uh, there's a lot of consent issues in this relationship since they keep telling each other they own each other. I don't really understand how this is a turn on for them, but apparently it is. Yeah, that's a big question for me for the gossip section. Yeah. Lale is completely overwhelmed, um, yells at Kenan, cries, hugs him. And he's like so clearly obsessively in love with her. And she's just like trying to keep it on a level. And uh, it was a weird scene. So then we learned that Lale's finger band-aid that she wears every day is like a romantic first day on the job gift from Kenan. That I didn't really understand the metaphor that he was making, but we will discuss it. I think just in brief, it was that she appears so to him at least so perfect and then by extension to the audience is perfect that this is like shows that she is 
like human, which makes her even more like of a goddess. I don't know. It's really messed up. It's like through his super, obviously, like you said, obsessive uh, worldview. <laughs> um, then we see that Oske was fired, which she deserved and is distracted driving her car gets in a car crash i was like oh she's definitely dead but she mm -hmm. wasn't she's fine she's in the hospital being sad and um everybody goes to see her and she's like desperate to see lale so oslo of course goes down to the lobby waits for lale and is like oh she doesn't want to see you and lale is devastated then she offers oslo the assistant job which is I literally screamed at my TV when this happened. <laughs> and then um, the narrator says that lions kill and then they mourn the dead to avoid feeling bad, which I feel like Lale was completely justified in firing Ozge, so that's bullshit narrator. Totally. That was that was BS. I, I also yelled at my TV at that moment. I was like, no, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, and then we learn that Yusuf has the footage and he's going to hold it over Asla's head. And now their relationship is like, they both have things on each other, so they're equals. And that is the end of the episode. So now we're going to move on into our gossip slash banter slash spilling the sadly non-existent tea section. I have very many thoughts and comments and <laughs> it please, seemed please like you let did them loose. The yes. <laughs> First of all, I completely agree with what I think as he said that um you know, who knows what's in there? Like it could be something that changes the history of the country, but whatever. Let's just put the USB in a coffee mug because yeah. I freaked out and I don't know what to do with it. I thought it was like a very <sighs> clever twist by the show because like it's not what I was expecting at all. But it was so frustrating to not. Did you did you expect her? Because what I expected was her to like make herself out to be the hero and say she found it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was expecting. Well, also, what I think was really interesting about that plot line is that it's the first time she doesn't have everything really planned out, and it doesn't yeah. go according to her plan. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that shows that she's like she d didn't realize she was gonna get this far this quick, or like hmm. she just is distracted by this dude or I don't know what like what yeah. where that's gonna go but I think it was quite out of character for her to have that moment I think there's like she set too many variables in motion now to your mm -hmm. point so she's like not as smart as she thought she was um there's cracks they're only gonna get bigger hopefully and she's gonna fall on one of them and never come out I hope so <laughs> I mean, really, this episode confirmed to me that I want to see Lale win. Lale yeah. is a lovely and dedicated human. And why is Asla trying yeah. to destroy her life? Yeah. And it's really, I agree with what you were saying, Sammy, that, I mean, it was obvious that, like, Asla was so thrilled to, like, be her assistant. And, like, there was this moment, I don't know if you all caught it, but there was a moment um, when Nada said they were at some other like off, like another building like she like Nada was about to have a meeting with this businessman looking man uh -huh. and um she was like okay 
also, I don't know what you want to do. Like, you want to hang out out here or whatever. And then also was like, yeah, y'all hang out out here in the lobby. And then Nadia turned to the the guy she was going to meet with. And she was like, she used the word kuzum, like to mean like my, essentially it means the equivalent of my daughter, even though mm-hmm. like, that's not what she meant. And that's not how anyone would necessarily understand that in Turkish. But she like said, like, you're going to take good care of my assistant. Right. But she used this word that is a lot more, familiar and warm and also just looked like she was about to turn to a puddle like she was so happy when she heard that um Mm -hmm. so I'm like literally what is wrong with you like are you like do you are you I can't tell if she's a stan truly like a stalker fan or she like absolutely just like only wants uh not his downfall and it's entirely a negative thing it seems like she's more in the stan camp based on like her behavior in this episode but they really need to i think they've waited too long to give us backstory at this point it's like just upsetting to watch <laughs> yeah i i i also am very confused i my instinct is that she wants to destroy lale but at the same time every time lale gives her any attention she's like this is the best day of my life so it's so yeah. weird it's so confusing yeah. Yeah, it's it's very confusing. I like can't tell if it's blind adoration or like, you know, kind of this is gonna be kind of morbid, but like, you know, there's this like Selena's fan like fan manager or whatever. Like of course in the Oh in yeah the story, she's yeah. not like I mean she doesn't kill her because she's obsessed with her. She kills but her in the, like, but in the movie they make it seem yeah. embezzling a lot of cash. But yeah. yes, in the movie, they make it seem like it's because she's just so obsessed with her that, like, she ends up killing her, which yeah. I don't yeah. know if that's an actual thing, but. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, that seems like very likely because she is really destroying her life. Like, she's making her, like, feel terrible. And, like, inside and out, it's not even just, like, professionally. It's like she went and put that, put something that was already in Sadim's head that just, like, made it louder. Um, with the bracelet and the like little little hints that they were spent like that his wife and his rival were spending a lot of time together um that was that was really evil she's so evil but like again it's not good writing to just make her evil like tell us why she's evil give us yeah, something I think that's what, what we've been lacking up to now is just kind of a yeah explanation as to why she acts the way she acts yeah like uh, just to contrast this show to another I think I've mentioned that I'm watching a a show that came out I think it was like 2016 2017 it only ran for one season it was basically a a Turkish adaptation of The Departed um, which in itself is an adaptation of a series of movies made in Hong Kong but anyway this um, series is only 39 episodes long which is you know just one longish season Um, and in that like obviously if you know the story of the departed it's two two moles so it's like a cop that's undercover with the mafia and a member of the mafia who's under who's working as a police officer um and is a dirty cop um but the turkish version has it going much more deeply than the um, than the uh, martin scorsese adaptation because one it's like way more episodes so they can do more um and basically the two men turn out to be long lost siblings and the guy who's working for the cops, even though he's affiliated with the mafia, like goes back to the mafia, like from his childhood. So it's like 
a very long-term operation and they give such a rich backstory to it that you like don't know who to root for and it's like oh god like this you know the cop is like obviously on the right side of this but like the guy who's been brainwashed by the mafia I like feel bad for him and I understand why he does what he does um versus in in this show it's like we just have this one like uniformly awful person who is messing with this group of people but we don't understand why um other than Kenan like I want her to destroy Kenan but <laughs> but with Nadia like I, I initially she was made to be to seem kind of rude but then that was forgotten about and like she's actually a lovely person now uh even though she's kind of rude to people in the first episode so anyway I'm like that's a little bit inconsistent also in that sense of like who to root for um definitely not Asta right now <laughs> I mean it also I mean, I understand, and I root for Lale as well, but the way she fired Ozge was kind of crappy. I don't know. I I don't think it was crappy. I thought she approached it really well because she was like, I mean, it was like, obvious, clearly she was firing her, but like, I think, I legitimately think if Ozge had like called her later, or if they talked in the hospital room, it would have been way more amicable. Um, but as soon as Asla said like, she doesn't want to talk to you, then I think Dada rightfully thought, okay, then we're actually done like the ties are actually severed now so but I, I want like this is kind of a dumb debate but like who's more to blame about the usb thing is it muge or is it um what's this woman's name oh Ozge. like for me Ozge could have gone to like 10 other people at that Ozge station. also could have just walked into the bathroom they're both women just yeah like i know she's yeah. puking, but if you're that frustrated just like yeah go into the bathroom and be like here take it yeah literally yeah it's not like she was like if she were out or like her location were unknown it's one thing but yeah it was I totally sympathize with unprofessional. like because i could definitely see myself doing the same thing but i do think she deserved to be fired for that also like Ozge, like she's meeting with the dj or whatever but like can't her fiance meet with the dj can't like anyone else meet with the dj or whatever as well like i'm sorry but your wedding shit also just isn't as important as whatever breaking news this is because this is like a, it was an, so important this news yeah the, yeah whatever this news was like this is this when you sign up for this industry like you sign up for all of that so i don't really sympathize with her too much <laughs> to be honest yeah, I feel like she should have just given it to Kenan, honestly, but yeah. Yeah. For plot reasons, she, she could she simply could yeah, not. <laughs> yeah, it just seemed like a dumb like the 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 mechanics of the scheme are so stupid, like it's kind of obnoxious like Yeah. Cuz it's such a dumb mistake, but it hurts your like professional reputation and responsibility really badly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a little dumb thing and and obviously nothing would have come of it if Oslo hadn't been around stalking yeah 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 the USB would have just been on the desk right it would have been fine yeah. oh god I'm gonna need to see Oslo's downfall for me to like the ending of the show I mean I think they're fully gonna do a second season so I don't think we're gonna get any kind of closure in the next four episodes mm. if not if anything else i feel like she's going to do worse things and we're probably still not going to get a backstory because they want to do another season and they need like content for that i mean I, I certainly hope they give us something but um i don't think we're going to get 
every question answered by any stretch sigh <laughs> this is the same these are the same people that did love 101 i'm like how is that show much so much more buttoned up than this one it's a completely different vibe i think yeah I mean, and also the first season of love 101 was kind of rough like i the second season was way better i think oh i thought they were both good i mean yeah. i think this i think the first one like definitely had unanswered questions intentionally but I just never it never felt like oh my god they're just gonna like I hate all these people and they're never gonna address anything like that's the vibe I'm getting that's my big concern with the show that they're just not gonna but still I, leave I her as show, evil yeah the show is just like fuck everything every like yeah. every man for himself like no one gets any answers yeah. <laughs> I think here's my theory for now is that this season is the rise of Asla. It's going to end with mm. her in Lale's job. And Kanad's probably going to betray Lale and do that or something. Oh my God, that would be insane if she and gets then, like a, yeah. a, a oh, meteoric I would rise. And then season two is like Lale's revenge. Hmm. Okay. But it would be absolutely just so insane if she got to just like host a flagship news program. <laughs> Like, yeah, especially because she doesn't give a shit about news. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. She I mean, I, I a shallower profession. Like, <laughs> don't understand. Yeah, I thought she would maybe go next for Muguez's job, which I thought when I thought it, I was like, that's insane because she's like, I agree. Editor in chief, vulnerable here. Yeah, sure. yeah. Muguez, who is who has a hangover for plot reasons, <laughs> <laughs> but also like. Asla hasn't actually demonstrated any job skills. No, she's, like she's never she's never person. She's never sat at her desk. All she does is like lurk around the kitchen and the hallway. <laughs> right. And like I get that some industries still have the like be an assistant and it's kind of like an apprenticeship thing, but I feel like yeah. being an, her assistant does not actually have anything to do with learning how to be a journalist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she's definitely good at investigating, but she uses her powers for evil. It's true. But the bigger question is, will she ever have enough money to pay for her gas in order to shower <laughs> with hot water slash move out of that first I mean, now that she's an assistant, she, I assume she's got a raise. She used to sell all those clothes she's stolen. <laughs> Or whatever the hell's going on with the clothes. <laughs> also, okay. uh, Yusuf is so creepy. I hate him. He's like so disgusting. They're perfect for each other. <laughs> they are. But he like, oh my god, he's like you were saying, so turned on by the way that she's all like, I don't know. I don't get it at all. It's so gross. <laughs> but also like I have a big question about whether this is like a consensual relationship or not because like basically like in that last scene he's like well now I have this footage against you so now you have to like give your body to me or something like that. Yeah that was yeah I, I definitely think it was consensual up until he turned it back on her because he didn't give a shit if she went and told Kenan about him being bush bush like he was fine to be fired and humiliated because he was already like I'm no one at this station anyway so I don't care so I think he was like fully a fully consenting adult when that started but now that he's 
blackmailing her essentially into continuing the physical relationship but not that she she didn't seem to want to stop the physical relationship from like what we could tell but still like it's got like to your point Sophia a dark cloud hanging over it now in the form of blackmail (laughs) so yeah I would say it's not really at this point although she's probably just gonna kill him I don't know (laughs) but that's that's the whole weird part like yeah she has a lot to lose yes but like would she have had sex with him if he didn't have anything on her i feel like the answer is yes but he just made it really creepy by like verbalizing a threat yeah Yeah. agreed that the consent in that relationship is extremely murky and also we really haven't seen her like longing to have a human to talk to or to be an ally with so it's kind of weird that she's like wholeheartedly going into this relationship I think we just needed uh, we we kind of needed someone with access to like the footage the cctv footage as well and just, yeah you know. and also someone for her to like actually yeah. talk to i guess yeah yeah and a henchman too to do some of the work that she can't do herself right. yeah it's right. gotten really big as we discussed is he going to be her canon when she gets Ooh. Molly's job <laughs> god I, I, I still know. think her Kenan is going to be Kenan just because of that conversation from the previous I know. episode. Ugh, I worry about that also. <laughs> God, I hate him so much. I wish for his immediate downfall. <laughs> Quick aside that I don't, I can't believe that Nadia and Kenan were just like having a friendly, pleasant chat at the start of the episode after he was so rude to her um during the whatever it was pre i assume previous night's broadcast or very recent broadcast during the commercial break um he said so many mean and awful things to her and then now they're just fine i guess that happens a lot which shows that he should he's a piece of shit and she shouldn't keep him around but she does that's all i wanted to say (laughs) go ahead sophia um no i well i have two points because you made me remember something first is that like super intimate scene where lale and kanan are like basically having a really intimate moment Mm -hmm. like i kept waiting for them to kiss but i think lale feels a little bit uncomfortable because she like remarks on him putting his hand like on her butt basically Mm -hmm. um which was quite i mean that that scene was just confusing because i think of course, they're trying to build all the suspense with the relationship, but it's really odd. Like, I can't tell if she actually like likes him beyond like him being like a brother to her, you know? Yeah, I yeah. don't know. It's very weird. It's very uncomfortable having like, like clearly he has unrequited feelings for her. Plus, they work together really closely Plus, they used to have a sexual relationship. Like, the whole thing is just ready to combust. And the whole time that they were having that sweet hugging thing, I was expecting Oslo to, like, pop around the corner with her phone and take a picture. I was, like, just waiting for that to happen. Yeah, that that was definitely an option that I thought was going to happen um now i forgot my other point that what were we talking about previously so let me see if i can remember what i was gonna say we were talking about yusuf and like how still kenan would be asla's kenan 
And then I made the point about Lale and Kenan, like how they were suddenly like fine. And before that, we were just oh, talking about Yusuf. And now I remember. Yeah. There are several characters that have made this remark throughout the episodes, which is like basically Kenan and Lale always come out clean whenever there's mm-hmm. any scandal. Yeah. Um, which I think is kind of interesting because obviously I guess they have to. Well, Kenan doesn't have to because nobody knows who Kenan is in like the real world mm-hmm. of the TV audience. Um, but I'm very sure that that's gonna come in at some point, and like Muge or someone else is gonna like put their hand in and you know go against these people because like basically everyone else is a scapegoat, even though everyone else yeah. is who makes the show a reality yeah i like that idea and um maybe this ends by canon taking the downfall for somebody which would be great yes please yeah i i don't know muge is clearly not on their team like she was really pissed and oh i don't know i don't know i mean even even like good isn't on their team i feel like it's literally only like those two are an island Right. Um, everyone else is uh, disposable to them, or at least to Kenan. I don't want to drag Nadia into it because I feel like Kenan does a lot of stuff without her knowing or her consent. And then she's kind of just like WTF. But then again, she could sever ties she, and she doesn't. So at some point she is agreeing to it. Um, but she's not always like in the moment in the know about it. Yeah, I, I, I think that that is... Well, we will see what the show is trying to do, but like if the idea is that Asla and Lale are a moral equivalents, but they just have a different style because of their mm-hmm. generation, they're not doing a good job of showing me that because I think yeah, Kenan acted on his own to fire the first guy, and then Lale was right to fire Ozge. So yeah. like I'm not seeing the moral gray areas of Wale. The, the biggest yeah. gray area of Nada is the fact that she like again like knows that Kenan is shitty like even after it comes out she doesn't say like f you I want someone else to be my producer like right, and who, right. kno- who knows what shady things he did to get her to this point in her career so I mean she's not an idiot so she she's aware of that and she still continues this relation this professional relationship but I mean still that's different from all the evil things Asa keeps doing. <laughs> and like Asa's hurt. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. We just don't know how much we need more flashbacks. Again, goes back to that. We need to see how awful Kenan and Asa and um, Nada have been. If that's like you said, if they're trying to do a moral equivalence thing. Um, we, and we need to understand Asa's reasons for doing what she does to like make her seem less worse, hopefully. But yeah. yeah, I would love to have an, the next episode be a young Lale and Kanan on the rise, just yeah. like ruthlessly getting to the top. I would love to see that. Will we get it? Probably not. <laughs> Probably get more Asla cringe moments. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else we need to talk about for this? Oh, I just want to point out that the really special pizza was literally just like a cheese pizza with arugula on it, which is just not even like that unique of a pizza. That's like a very common pizza. So I don't know why they were freaking out about their special pizza recipe at the 
whatever country club they were at. <laughs> Dining club. Also, maybe Lale is the villain because she's off gluten, she says. Uh, Very disappointing. Yeah. Yes. Plot twist. Okay. So now we're going to move on into our history section where our historist Sophia is going to take us through the topic of the week. So for this week, um, we decided we we're going to talk about superstitions um, just because Lale has her whole Band-Aid superstition, which I would debate whether it's a superstition or it's kind of like her clinging to Mm-hmm. certain things about her relationship with Kanan slash her youth slash her beginnings slash a lot of like it's more nostalgic to me but Sammy's going to tell us about superstitions around the world I'm going to tell you about weird superstitions that celebrities have because celebrities are just like us just kidding but um, <laughs> they do have odd superstitions so I don't know Sammy do you want to go ahead first or should I start you can start I can come after Okay, so um, there's some really weird ones, I have to be honest. Like, some kind of creeped me out a little bit. Um, But a very, like, well-known one is uh, Taylor Swift with number 13. Like, mm. she does everything around the number 13. Um, So, basically, that's, like, her superstition. Um, Then there's a really creepy one, which is... Apparently, in Germany, there's no tooth fairy, so people, like, put their teeth in a bag. Oh. Um, and so Heidi Klum has all of her baby teeth in a bag, and she carries it with her at all times. Oh, no. What? I, don't, I, don't, I did not want to know that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I hate weird. that. I hate that so much. I can't even tell you. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm very sorry for sharing that information with you. Um, another kind of weird but funny one is Megan Fox. When she's flying, she plays Britney Spears because she like says that like it she's not going to die if like Britney's playing. Oh. Megan Fox is a weird, weird yeah. woman. <laughs> Same. I mean, Machine Gun Kelly is also very odd. So, yeah. Um. Then Sammy had mentioned it pre-recording that a few like sports athletes um had their superstitions. So, for example, like Serena Will- Williams has a whole like ritual. She like brings shower sandals to the court. I don't know why. And then mm. she wears the same socks for like a whole tournament. And then like she ties her shoes really specifically. And bounces the ball five times before her first year. So. Yeah. In tennis also, Rafael Nadal. And granted, this is more like he clearly has some uh, OCD stuff. But basically, he has a certain number of times he bounced the ball. He also will, like, pick his wedgie, wipe his head twice, and then bounce the ball, like, 15 times before he serves every single time. And then in between points, he fixes his towel every single time. It's like when you watch a match, it's really a lot, a lot of kicks. <laughs> and when he's receiving the serve, he picks his crotch, not his wedgie. And then he wipes his face twice. And then he's oh. ready to receive the oh, serve. Oh, wow. 
my goodness. Um, then I found some more historical ones, which I thought were really interesting. So there's this composer, Gustav Mahler, who, mm. like, basically he was worried because some very important composers like Beethoven and Schubert died, like, after they, they finished their Ninth Symphony. So he decided oh. to not name his Ninth Symphony the Ninth Symphony. Um, he named it the Song of the Earth. And then he lived long enough to write most of his 10th symphony, but he didn't finish it. Oh my goodness. So he couldn't escape the curse. Yeah, that was odd. And then Michael Jordan apparently wears longer basketball shorts because he wears his UNC basketball shorts under. Oh. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. That was kind of weird. Damn. Well, what what else we have? The apparently Benjamin Franklin like thought that it was good luck if he had an air bath, so he just like sitting naked by the window. An air bath for like hours. <laughs> Buddy, I don't think that makes you smell any better. <laughs> um <laughs> And then John Steinbeck, like, he had a superstition about which pencils he would write with. So he had, like, a specific kind of pencil that needed to be really well sharpened. And, wait, I had more. Do you, I think we've had a ton, but I don't know if, Those are if good. you want any more. Because um, apparently, James McAvoy, every month, like, the first person he sees, he has to say White Rabbit to. And that's like his good luck charm. That's a thing. I I used to do that for, but we said rabbit, rabbit. I have no idea. The first person you saw every month? On the first day of the month when you wake up, yeah. Oh, I wonder what what was that? What's the origin of that? (laughs) I don't know. Um, Yeah, so I was just going to talk about like superstition, not like celebrity superstitions, but superstitions that are held in different places. So clearly rabbit rabbit, not sure why. Um eleven eleven is a like when the time mm-hmm. reaches eleven eleven, make a wish. Um <laughs> I was looking up why seven is generally considered a lucky number. And that's some Jesus here, thing. Well, it there is a Jesus thing, but it predates that. Oh. So um it's it's just for some reason like appealing to the human brain so it's in like almost all ancient religions have something to do with seven or ancient beliefs um and people think that it's because seven is the only true prime number between one and ten obviously one is also a prime but it doesn't really count Hmm. and then 13 is an unlucky number although not for taylor swift (laughs) and i never knew this but it is a bible thing apparently because it's there were 13 people at the last supper of Jesus and Uh, Judas was one of them, mm -hmm. Um, which is why in New York, at least a lot of the buildings don't have a 13th floor. And um, if apparently if 13 people are going to sit at a table, it's like really bad luck. So one person should not sit, which was in Harry Potter. And I never knew why. Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit has a Wikipedia page for those who are interested. Really? It. Yeah, it, it's very widespread in the in the U.S. and the U.K. The origins are unknown, but it seems to have started in the early 1900s. Um, and even Nickelodeon would do in the in the 80s, um, up until sometime in the 90s, 
during commercial breaks on the last day of every month, it would remind viewers that it's rabbit rabbit day. And so the next day they need to make sure they say rabbit rabbit <laughs> to ensure good luck. That's so funny. I wonder where that came from. Yeah. Seems to have just like popped up in literature in the early 1900s and no one's really sure why and or why like it caught on yeah. through word of mouth so well. Let's see. Well, we've got the evil eye. That's Turkish superstition. Although it's it's in a lot of places um, that is good luck. Also, in my Turkish class, we talked about how cutting your nails at night is bad oh, luck in Turkey. I didn't, oh, I do that all the time. That explains. <laughs> Apparently, that explains my if, life of misery. No, I'm I think <laughs> if you cut your nails at night, you're gonna get sick. Oh, like, I've never heard not that. like sick, wow. sick, but like get a cold. Oh, okay. my I Turkish never... teacher said that he never cuts his nails at night <laughs> oh I do it all the time I haven't had a cold in years believe me but <laughs> I've never heard uh, that that must be I wonder if that's like a regional um superstition like within Turkey as well yeah I don't know uh apparently Tuesday the 13th is the unlucky day in Spain and Spanish-speaking countries whereas oh. in the U.S. it's Friday the yeah. 13th that's correct I was, gonna, I was gonna immediately there. ask for Sophia's confirmation she gave it. <laughs> she confirms. <laughs> Sitting at the corner of the table is unlucky in Hungarian and Russian superstitions. It means you'll never get married. Like sitting at the corner, meaning like literally I guess like literally the, on the corner, which on would the be corner. a thing to do on place to sit. I guess you would all that would only really happen if you were crowding the table with more chairs than it's designed for. In which case, yeah, you deserve to not get married. I'm kidding. <laughs> but it's the weird one. Uh, toasting with water, which I adhere yeah. to. I don't do that. I don't that do that either. Uh, apparently that's derived from Greek myth, where the spirits of the dead would drink water from the river Leth, and mm. that would cause the spirit to forget its earthly past. Oh, if it goes back that far, I believe it. That's very far back. And <laughs> wow, guys, this this list on US News of 15 superstitions from around the world includes the Agia Sophia thumb turning. Did you guys know about that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like, uh, there, I think it's like a pillar, if I'm not mistaken, where you stick your thumb in and you have to like get it all the way around. Um, and if you do, it's good luck. And if you don't, I don't know what happens, but... <laughs> There's, Apparently there's it very has well healing, healing powers because Justinian the first had a headache curse. Oh, cured after touching the cow. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> um, yeah, just, you just see people there practically like almost breaking their wrists, like trying to I've get there. I never noticed that. Um, <laughs> there's usually like a little line, like not like a major line, but there's usually like a little group of people around it and people who literally look like they're about to injure themselves try to do that. <laughs> um breaking a mirror will be uh, results in seven years of bad luck that one's pretty universal i think um i i try to not i i like do i care less now but when i was younger i really tried to not open an umbrella indoors because mm -hmm. that's also supposed to be bad luck. i don't do yeah. that yeah yeah I now do it because I'm like, well, if I leave this umbrella out to dry, it's going to blow away. So I'm going to open it in my house because I don't, I'm an adult and I'm, nothing's bad is going to happen to me, which so far hasn't, but. <laughs> Argentinian werewolves is the last bullet on this list. Uh, there's a superstition in Argentina that claims seventh sons will turn into werewolves unless oh, the president of the country adopts them. 
Well, just and don't have that many kids. Holy shit. Like what? Christina Kirschner <laughs> adopted a boy as her godson because of this superstition. So he wow. wouldn't. Wow. That is so random. Yeah. Also seven. So that's a lot of kids. Like people. That's a lot. Please. Stop. It is a yeah. country, but Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. We don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> And apparently India is considered the world's most superstitious country. What's that metric based on just like number of superstitious, like surveyed people say they adhere to? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you know, it doesn't give me their exact mathematical (laughs) metrics. Gotcha. It says India, China, Greece, US, Philippines, New Zealand, Japan, Egypt, France, Mexico. I heard Japan has a bunch of them, I think. Hmm. I'm surprised the U.S. is up there because it's so young compared to these other countries that have, like, ancient beliefs. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I guess I kind of buy into the India thing just because, like, Hinduism is, like, thousands of years old. Um, and they've there's, like, a lot of... Uh, you know, complex beliefs built into a really old um, religion like that. So naturally, offshoots of that would be superstition. Because I mean, as we were talking about, like Western ones, a lot of them are offshoots of either Greek myth or Bible things. So mm-hmm. makes sense. Same with Japan, like very old, like you said, culture. The U.S. is like, I guess it's like an extension of the European stuff, um, which is old, but still not quite as old as. India and Japan, <laughs> but interesting. Yep. All right. going to move on to our favorite and final section which is wtf sultan of success and fatima's hit list also i forgot to do our not safe for work moment of the week so we shall also add that into this section this week should we start with that or do you want to start with yeah let's start with not safe for work um i'm gonna go muge's like bathroom <laughs> saga yes. Yes. just an entire day of being over. <laughs> but also like being on the phone talking about your wedding plans with your boss right next to you uh, I know Yeah, that's quite sleeping with someone who you work oh. with slash have some intel on Yep. Um, stealing an object from your boss and then leaving it in your other boss's house to break up your other boss's marriage. <laughs> the bracelet that wasn't that was not safe for work because she, she took that yeah. from Kenon's office, right? Right. Yeah, she did. Yeah. She took it from like yeah. a box. Oh my god. Oh, and then the hugging too was like the intimate hugging. <laughs> NSFW for sure. <laughs> Well, and also, um, well, putting that USB in the coffee that I guess was just thrown away. Like, what in the world? Nobody noticed that there was. Would it not like hit the lid? Clank around? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, agree. It would. (laughs) Also, 
I don't know what's in these things, but it can't be good to drink USB coffee. Probably no. At, the, at probably minimum, there's going to be like biology. dust and stuff in there, but also probably like, like you said, chemical stuff. Chemical stuff. <laughs> um, and then the Lale Kinan moment, where Kinan is just like all over her. Mm-hmm. All right, now we get to what the fucks. Copy and paste what we said for NSFW and then yeah. <laughs> add. Um, yeah, I don't know if you'd like to go on a rant about Osla's USB <laughs> coffee debacle, but <laughs> I mean, it was just wow. Like, WTF to her for not having a better plan and also not realizing that the cameras were rolling obviously because it's like a giant office building like obviously there's security cameras um especially in a very public area like a corridor and then yeah just like the stupidity of her i really think she would have benefited more from making herself out to be the hero and contrasting herself with ozge who didn't do her job and then she, like I just I just feel like the better plan would have been that versus just like all out destruction of everything, but we don't really know what her goal is I guess so. Yeah, that's I mean it was unbelievable. It was so stupid. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent agree. But also WTF, her giving the keys of her place to this guy like, mm-hmm. is he homeless or like, what's the deal? So unclear. Probably homeless. Probably also murdered his family, like I assume. Yeah. Did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going with the fuck to Ozge. First of all, all the wedding stuffs just super annoying. Come on. Yeah. Like, ugh. and it's and, the day and- before the wedding. Why is she needing to meet with like some of these meetings that she said she needed to have? Is like, does this really need to happen like the day before? I feel like you should have had this already. <laughs> Who meets with people in person anymore? Come on. Yeah, that too. And then later, she's a completely reckless driver and she could have killed somebody leaning over in the car like that. That's not cool. She was a mess. Also, WTF to her over like being so obsessed with, uh, like everyone is so obsessed with, um, I don't understand. But anyway, like her being so obsessed about like immediately wanting to talk to her too as soon as she came came to also she was surrounded by work people versus like any family i guess they mentioned that her fiance was doing paperwork or whatever but still like weird these people only live for work <laughs> except not ozge because she didn't do her one job <laughs> and then got into a <laughs> car accident <laughs> yeah i uh, i don't know and then also yeah Everybody that works there, what what are you doing? Come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Sultan of Success for this episode. Any non Oslo suggestions? I, I mean, guess Yusuf. Yusuf is super disgusting, but yeah, I mean, he's now got a weird girlfriend, if you can call her that, and he's got something on her. But yeah, the fact that he's kind of weaponizing that for more relationship is super gross and mega gray gray line in a show that's entirely a gray line gray area i should say um but yeah if we're not gonna make us i feel like it has to be him 
Well, it, it could also be uh, Mulgit because, like, she was clearly not <laughs> up to par and she still saved her job. And she had a great time the night before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I also need more backstory on Muge because why is she so important to this venture? She seems like an absolute mess who doesn't do anything besides like sit in her Kiss office. Us. Yeah, agreed. There's a lot of just like underachievers, but somehow this station is producing excellent work. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Fatima's hit list. I mean. I- Asla always like permanent permanent number one but uh I mean cannot sucks I hate him but I don't necessarily know if he did something in this episode that makes me oh I guess the gross hugging but was is way gross worse. hugging worthy of a death sentence yeah. that is the question <laughs> yeah his overall like way he lives his life and conducts his business definitely earns him that privilege of being <laughs> targeted by Fatima but I, think, I don't know about I the specific episode. I think this week it is Asla because what if that news was like really important? Yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and the guy deleted like the guy deleted the only other copy of like or like the original stuff it's like so bad like that's gone forever whatever yeah. that was. Do we do we think we're gonna know what that is or is that just like yeah. not relevant at this point okay. i think the writers were like isn't this great we found a way where we never have to figure out what the news was yeah it is it is a pretty clean uh yeah yeah for them it's kind of one of those pulp fiction things like where they have this bag Brief, full of something briefcase. valuable and nobody knows what it is there's a term for that hold on there's like an official term continue i will find this and share with <laughs> listeners when i do uh i also forgot to do a what the fuck of um the height difference between Lale and Asla is wild <laughs> like these are both adult women and I think Lale has a foot and a half on Asla which is awesome go Lale but it also just like increases the feeling that Asla is like a little kid trying to ingratiate herself she she looks like a giant outside that hospital <laughs> in a good way uh, the 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 thing the the name for an object like the briefcase um, in Pulp Fiction or the rug in The Big Lebowski or the Heart of Ocean Netflix in Titanic, to name a few, is a MacGuffin. Um, oh yes, yeah, yeah. I have heard that word. I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> I yeah. I need to. I need to look. I I also did a wikipedia deep dive on this some time ago but also amc theaters now have like basically fancy like menus and like wider seats and whatnot and they also many of them have bars um near the box office that's called mcguffins so that's also i guess a reference to that oh who knew okay well Congratulations to Yusuf, I guess, but I don't want to give it to you. Uh, watch out to Asla, of course, and probably everybody that works at this news station. Fatma could just go on a rampage and it wouldn't be a big shame. Next time, we will be watching and talking about episode five, where hopefully we get the cutthroat lale kanan backstory we're all hoping for or asla's tragic backstory something some backstory would be great um thank you all so much for listening and we will talk to you guys again next time 